and faster than the track every time. We also sing it like straight, like the original version, and that one's a little syncopated with a little extra. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, hey, welcome everybody. We are here today, <laughs> back in the practice room, our final recording where we're in street clothes and we're not As wearing. As opposed to what? Teacher clothes. Oh, teacher clothes. Okay. You're who? Whom? Oh, I'm Jack Hinkle. I'm Steve Peterson. Dude, have we ever done names in the intro part? Yes, like since the every, first episode? Every time we I go. swear, I don't think that's true. You go, true. hey, I'm He's Jack Hinkle. Me. Oh, yeah, no, you're Peterson, right. No, you're right. You're going to do it at the end. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so oh, okay we're you're right. Clothes. We're in street okay, clothes. I'm not in my formals. Last one. And we didn't even have school today. Oh, my we're gosh. on fall break. You know what I did today? I watched Psycho 2. Oh, you did that today? I thought you did that last well, night. I tried to last night. So you, you were watching like a horror movie in the middle of the day? Yeah. It kind of has a different vibe, right? It was rainy. Okay, Bob fair enough. Had the candle but on, it's light out, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, slow moving, but Anthony Perkins is amazing. So we are on fall break, and we are, this is a Wednesday, and then in three days we go to Lucas Oil Stadium because the Marching Man and Band are competing in Arizona State Finals. And which is really exciting it is and we we're on fall break with air quotes right now because right. we've got three days of rehearsal here and we have a rehearsal tonight and then another one tomorrow another one friday then we do our little caravan trip down with the kids and there's a police escort and yeah, it's, it's a grand fun. old time it is a grand old time and a lot of cheering a lot of balloons a lot of good luck signs and it's pretty cool kids feel like rock stars kids are loaded up with sugar yep. glow sticks yeah, we go to a hotel spend the night get up at the crack of dawn rehearse yeah. and then we perform eighth in the eighth slot at state finals at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's true. And then we will, our season will be done around 1 p.m. or so, or, right? We'll be, and then it's that, done. that marching band season will be in the books. And so then we get a little bit more sleep. We do. Yeah. Well, Steve, this week's not really about us, right? Never is, Jack. Never, never was, never is. We There's have another person here. We today. have another person in here today in the studio. This is exciting because this is one of our homies. Please welcome to Chops Podcast, Mr. Brian, Brian Golden. Golden. Yeah. Yes. Woo. Hello, Woo. everybody. Good to see you guys. Brian, did you just wake up? I, I, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I've done today so far is tried to watch TV, but I constantly fell asleep. You did? Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I did. Oh, I went to the dentist as well. How are we looking? Yeah, you guys, you guys look great. No, no. How's your teeth looking? That's the, good. The, no cavities, so that's good. Clean yeah. bill of health, so good, we're good. good. I get to keep them all. So good. That's good. Good. Um, Brian Golden is a director, a band director in the Concord Schools, and uh, Brian and I are close in age, but we also came to Concord at the same time. True. In 1998, and Brian is a uh, rock star teacher, a uh, well. Like teacher in our community, teaches ba our bands grades six through twelve. We're going to talk about his career, but uh, Brian, it is you know you're you're a good friend yes to us and a colleague, uh, a, a trusted colleague. So it's good to have you. Thank you. Thanks for, for having all me. those two, ten people that are watching it. <laughs> we are really excited. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to be no, here. No, it's cool. So, so Brian, let's let's back it up. Let's let's do a kind of a quick okay. quick drive through Brian Brian's life. Um, about kind of like your early years and like how you got to um, like up to like college and then we'll get into your professional career. So wh where are you from? What do you do? Uh, where do you go? Okay, I'm from Elkhart. I grew up at Elkhart. I was born and raised here. My parents were both teachers in the Elkhart Remember community that, school system. Parents are both educators. Both educators. It's uh, on the pop quiz. <laughs> okay. My uh, dad was a big influence. They both were, but my dad did these uh, Colorado trips. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about that before. And so I've, I've always been around these kind of like special 
events and what was things. the uh, Colorado trips? Well, the Colorado trips, my dad would take um, 28 eighth graders out to Colorado for two weeks at a time, three times a summer. And so we would go uh, backpacking and uh, see the San Juan Mountains and uh, explore Mesa Verde, the National Monuments, the Sand Dunes National Monuments, Air Force Academy. There's all sorts of really Two weeks, weeks at a time, two weeks three at a time. times a year. That was him. Eighth graders. That was our summer, yes. What could go wrong? In a school bus. In a school bus. Did he drive it? He did for many, many years. Yes. And then he had other staff people. Yeah, other, sta him? other staff people and chaperones. But even though you weren't, wait, you were one of his students. Mm -hmm. okay. I was. But that I know you've talked about that trip and that whole setup several, uh, many, many times. Yes. And that's that. That was pretty influential. Very, very. I, I, I mean, I was always around, um, kind of creative teachers and very influential teachers who let kids explore and that kind of stuff. And then, um, so that I, I've always just known that being a teacher's kid. And then I got into music uh, mm -hmm. in fifth grade. I think I started with Mr. Royer at Mary Fieser Elementary. Mm -hmm. And then got to, when I got to high school, it was Mr. Lodolund, who was- And what instrument chose you? Trombone. Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you, you trombone. You can, you can tell the way he talks. I mean, it's very intelligent. It's very trombonian. Or slow. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> he has limited vocabulary. Um, so yeah, so I went to Elkhart Memorial High School and my band director was Mr. Lodolund. Um, you know, he was obviously a huge impact on me, and yeah. I knew I was going to be an educator. It was just a matter of what. And then from the positive experience I've had with band, that's what kind of led to this. I didn't know you knew you were going to be an educator before you knew you were going to teach band. I didn't know there were other. I pretty options. much, I pretty much knew that. Okay. Like, probably in fourth grade. I mean, when, when wow, when you kind of, at least for me, growing up in that world, sure, that's all that I've ever known. And one of the things that's always been important to me is um, kind of legacy. Um, and I think that comes from my dad as well. He's very proud that the Colorado trips are still going on, even though he's been retired for 25, 26 years, but it's still going on. That makes him very proud. And, and a big part of why I do this, and I know Steve and I have talked about this, is I respect my, my teachers so much that I'm, I feel like I'm carrying on the tradition that they, mm -hmm. they set for me and sort of honoring them every single time mm -hmm. that I get to do what I do. It's sort of cheesy, but it's true. But it's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. So you had a teacher by the name of Don Litherland mm -hmm. at Elkhart Memorial. Mm -hmm. You also had a teacher by the name of Wayne Stubbs. Yep. Right. And yep. Um, so then you went to Elkhart Memorial High School, and then you went to Ball State University. And did you ever deviate at Ball State, like where you wanted to go or do, or is it just? No, I, I, w I went in as a music major and came out as a music major and uh, did uh, was in all the jazz bands and. Yep made it to the top horned ensembles and yeah. eventually became drum major for the for the Ball State marching uh, band and so kind of experienced as much as I could to the college pep band thing which uh, then would later become apparently very important to my career <laughs> and so <laughs> legacy yeah so uh so yeah so that I went to there and then I got my master's degree at uh University of Southern Oregon uh through a program called American Band College okay yep that's kind of my my first job was at Plymouth High School for two years, and I got hired immediately out of school. And that's Plymouth, Indiana. Yep. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, I was the assistant director there with Cindy Wagner, who's another, still an influence, a positive yeah. influence on me. And so it's it's been a nice ride, and I've met a lot of really amazing yeah. people through this. So you were at um, you were at Plymouth uh -huh. for two years uh -huh. as an assistant and doing the um, band director through the feeder schools and up to the high school marching band type mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. and then you came to work in Concord and. Um, you had a connection to Concord before you started teaching here. Yeah, right? I, student, I student taught here um, 
my last semester of college, I was student taught here at Concord, and that was through, you know, connections with, uh, again, Mr. Liverland and the previous director here, Max Jones. They knew each other. I did the application, and then I got student teach here for two years. And I, <laughs> I enjoyed it so much that actually I, my student teaching time officially came to an end, and I think I stuck around for another six weeks or so. Yeah. And eventually my parents just said, you have to stop going. And so, <laughs> so, so, because I really liked it. So eventually I stopped going. And Wait, are you getting paid now or are you still student teacher? <laughs> it's like, been a long just, yeah, It's a possibility. <laughs> you better check that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, the, uh, and then they, Concord here changed their schedule. And that's what opened up a job position here. Yeah. And they called me back. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was in 1998 that uh -huh. Brian uh, started teaching at Concord. And I started teaching at Concord, so that was kind of kind of fun that we rolled up at the same time. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And to think about that, and um, so um, Brian, your 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 um, your time at Concord has kind of had some different <laughs> chapters. Yes. Right. Yes. And um, but you know what? The three things that we like to talk about on this podcast are love with students, mm -hmm. or knowing your students and love with students, knowing your content, loving your content, and knowing your teaching and your love with teaching. Right. And um, for those of you that don't know Brian, Brian is very, very conscientious about doing things correctly and doing things with the best intentions for kids. And he's very um, vocal about that. <laughs> and no, and, like in, in wanting to do things right. Yes. And wanting to do things right and not to yes. do things in a half half-hearted manner um and but everything you do is pro kid yeah and true like, yeah, and I, they I, come from I that approach so. right and i think if you know content or students content and teaching i think you know one of the reasons we're excited about having you on here besides the fact that we like you but that that all of those tenants could be something that we could do a whole episode on you know true. Yeah. and i i've always appreciated your um jumping in head first or feet first however with as far as the kids and the, and the students that have had you as a student as a teacher the last you know almost 30 years um know you as a very compassionate passionate right yeah. committed and um authentic and that's something that we've we've been able to draw on um you know with your inspiration just kind of being who you are and what you are in front of the kids and not trying to pull something over their eyes just being <laughs> who you are right when i I remember when I first got hired here, um, I would play this, and Max Jones would talk to me about it later on, I would play this game of trying to be some mix of Max and Mr. Peterson, Steve and Scott Spradling and Gabert and all these people I knew, and he actually kind of got mad at me. He's like, you have to just be yourself or none of this is going to work. And so I, I kind of got back to that because you know, it was pretty intimidating coming to the historic Concord music program and you don't want to be the one to drop the ball. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of was because I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Right. And uh, for me, yeah, the the music is important. But like I said before, I knew I was going to be an educator before I was. So this is just a means to an end, the music for me. Uh, you know, that's how we teach tenacity. That's how we teach, um, you know, long-term satisfaction, working for something that's deeper than instantaneous gratification, long-term gratification, um, just working for something that's bigger than all of us mm -hmm. i always enjoyed playing in bands because mm -hmm. um, even soloing was fine but i, I actually enjoyed playing in ensembles and he, and feeling that like that feeling you get when your section is really playing really well and you get goosebumps and and for me i want kids to have that goosebump moment all the time 
all the time and to feel good that they actually gave their best and sometimes they don't know they think that they're giving their best but it's easy to kind of let up and so like if you guys have seen me on the marching field I get kind of <laughs> loud um, but I just never want them to let up I want them to always pursue yeah that excellence and to, and to pursue that goosebump moment right yeah, and I, you do get excited, and I, I, I well, no, it's fun. I mean, like, I know. we should do a pot. We can't, the season's coming to an end, <laughs> but in, in, in March, and in, in Brian's much more than marching band, but as long as we're here in the marching band yeah. season, but, you know, you do get excited, but it never comes across as, like, angry. Yeah. It doesn't come, I mean, I've seen you get angry a few times, yeah. but yeah. that that's not the way you roll. It's, like, a sense of excitement that is, like, and a desire to see them do better yes. because you know they can do better and like there's something more for them if they can um, give more energy and more yes. dedication to it. Yes, and, and I, I think that's what I'm constantly pursuing and, yeah. and I, I don't know my own personal life, I don't know how to do anything less than 100% and so when I feel like people are it for me I, I do get a little bit like why are we doing this if you're not going to go 100% in anything that you do. Gotcha. Like that's, that's just why, why do that? Gotcha. So I don't know how you don't do something. I wish I could figure out how to not be quite so vocal and passionate, but that's just who I am, and I have to, I've come to accept that. Well, and so have the kids. Like the kids totally dig what you do and what you yeah. say, and you know we've talked a lot about that in the season. And Mr. Golden is typically the <laughs> guy getting in the kids' ears about marching technique. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a great music teacher, yeah. and you do teach the music, but that's kind of become what your role that you wanted to take on is, from what I can tell, is more on the physical side. Well, when it comes to marching season, there's so many, you guys, there's so many great music mm -hmm. teachers around here that I, I feel quite comfortable with, like, they're gonna take care of the sound. I mean, it was never anything that was ever discussed over the years, like mm -hmm. I was gonna, there's so many great ears and so many great directors here that I know that that's gonna get taken care of, so I'm gonna put my focus mm -hmm. in, in another area that also has to be taken care of. It all has to happen, so. Right. That's kind of how that evolved. I don't think there was ever a formal sure. meeting. But Plus, I can't stand still that long. <laughs> <laughs> when, well, when we rehearse on the marching band field, Brian is typically found on the field and not in the tower and is kind of going from kid to kid talking yeah. about marching band technique. And it's come to the point now that the kids can recall it. And we just say, what's Mr. Golden whispering in your <laughs> yes, ear right like, now? And they're saying can't march just like a ballad strike with the heel feet in time higher the, <laughs> higher, higher toes higher toes feet 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 it's not a ballad it's not a ballad and 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 he, mr golden could be in a totally different room and the kids can like recite yes, that stuff right, and they're right. always like working for it and they're never on the receiving end of it in a painful way yeah, it's no, always no. like a, okay like you're the yeah. cheerleader of all that right, stuff yeah. and and it's making a difference for those kids, which is really cool. And, yeah. and you're pretty um, quick to celebrate with them when things go yeah. well. Yes, 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 you'll, absolutely. You'll say, okay, that was not your best, not really sure why your effort's not higher, and then maybe two reps later, you be, you'll be down there, you know, bent knee and like clapping. <laughs> yes. and like, yeah, that's better, yeah! I get excited. I, like, hey, I remember. Better. Said, it's better. It's better. <laughs> I mean, there was a rehearsal this year where you got on the mic and you're like, uh, you know, Ben. I'm kind of bored down here. There's not a lot. To, everyone's like, yeah, Mr. Golden's bored, yeah. That was a good moment. It was that a good, was, that good was a good moment. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I clearly am an emotional director. And he, like, even in contraband, it's the same way. The kids know if I'm pleased or not. Um, but it's always, it always, I hope, because I know that it's coming from a place of I want them to always pursue excellence. And for me, 
this whole thing is an emotional experience. And so like there's some very analytical directors that can tell you a GSA seven or whatever. But for me, it's all about, can we, can we make a moment, you know, how, and how, how can we do that? And how can mm -hmm. we re recreate that every single time? You know, I, you know, I could, I could figure out the theory of it, but I just want to play music and yeah. I want kids to ha have those moments. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Um, so in your, in your time at, at Concord, you have taught grades six through 12. Yep. And in the last um, 13 years, you've been the director of bands at Concord Junior High, which is houses the beginning band grade six, and then two concert bands in grade seven and eight, and then working with the concert program here at the high school, and then um, um, working with the marching band, of course. And, um, and so you're, you know, Brian is a really fine conductor. He's a really fine musician. And we've talked about his teaching. And so if you've ever heard his bands play, they always play with a good sense of um, emotional connection. And you, you always program well to have, let your bands have some kind of um, emotional buy-in right. to the tunes. Like right. you're, you're, you've been very um, picky about the tunes that you choose mm -hmm. for your, you know, and that's, that's a great thing. Um, but one, um, one thing though, I'd like to, so just acknowledge that you have a wide range, your, your net goes a lot of different directions. But um, I'd like to speak to the culture of pep band. Okay. <laughs> and be because this is like, this is on Brian. This is on Brian. Brian has created this monster. I have. Right. And he is, <laughs> this is a therapy session. No, I have. No, um, <laughs> this is an so, so like if you go to most schools across northern Indiana, you walk into a gym on a Friday night and there might be 40 kids playing in a band, right? And it's like, or it's just mm, school song mm, and yeah. just like the list. You come into Concord and there's like <laughs> in the Q and Gym and this and it's been this way since wow. Brian has been the the director of the pep band <laughs> for the basketball games and uh, we're 140 kids right right 140 kids all volunteers all volunteers every kid plays every game like they don't switch to the green band or the white band they don't it's just one band and you've created this this community in the pep band where some students at some schools would be reluctant to be in the band, you know, like, well, I don't want to do pep band, like, but you've made it like an arrival, like, it's a really cool thing. You have your system of music, you've arranged your music, mm -hmm. you've uh, created a social environment with food and, you know, like pizza parties and uh, break during the third period, but then also coming up with cheers and traditional tunes mm -hmm. and like chants that you do and the way that the students look for it, it's a really, it's, it's a presence at McEwen Gym. Thank and you. so that's pretty cool because that is a culture that you created and it's not a culture, it's a culture unique to Concord, right? I've been, I've been told that. Right. I, I don't go many other places because I'm you here. You shouldn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't go watch other pep bands, but yeah. Uh, so, okay, so, well, first of all, there's a little secret that I, in high school, I refused to do pep band. I did everything that else. Is a secret. I never knew that. I did. I did. I did do everything else for Mr. Litherland at Memorial High School, but I refused to do that. I, I never did pep band. I wanted to be doing other things. That's a little known secret, unknown secret. Well, now it's out. Right. And so then I went to Ball State and got into the pep band there. And that a college, at least my college pep band experience, was very much what you guys see at the at and the Q and Gym, just high energy, everybody's standing up, everybody's cheering all the time, no music stands. That's kind of what we do. And so when I came on board here, when they created the job, and the contract was the pep band director. 
and I had thought this for a long time. For a community, your music program is based on two things, your marching band and the pep band. Because as much as we'd like to say our, our jazz bands are amazing and our top wind ensembles are amazing, the only people that really come and listen to that are parents and family members. The community sees the marching band and the pep band. And so that was my starting point of like, this has to be just as impressive as our marching band or whatever have that kind of importance. And I think when you start with that premise of like, this is, this is a big deal, this is public relations for your program, mm -hmm. then it kind of builds from there. Mm -hmm. I think if you take pep band as like this annoying little thing that you have to do because you're a band director, then that's kind of what it comes across as. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's a sign of a healthy program. If was you that, have those two was that born from somebody else or is that just something you kind of start chewing on yourself? Nobody's ever t said that yeah. to me, but I just, I've kind of thought about that. And so um, I think in two, I don't know, 10 years ago, 13 years ago, we got invited to the Indiana Music Educators Association, <laughs> first pep band ever to be presenting at a state. Were you in that band? I was. A state music okay, convention. Okay, pep band went to the state music educators convention. It was awesome. <laughs> to, to, to present how to do a pep band the, the right way. And so it just kind of got, has gone from there. And, it, it, and I think after talking to you guys, I think it's also kind of an extension of how I do everything. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all the way with it. Big, yeah. So all I've noticed is as I've gotten older, the next day I sleep a lot longer. <laughs> I don't think I've lost any energy during the games, but the next day. I, the recovery. The recovery process. is catching yeah, up to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's like excellence in, you know, so many things like the student relationship, but then yeah. also like knowing your content. Like, like yeah. you said, not even knowing the theory and the historical implications of the tunes you're doing and why you're doing those tunes, but like the um, importance of knowing, of playing a rock and roll tune in a gym together on a Friday night. Right, like, yes. And, and like the memories that you're helping for the students to create. Right. And that that is on your spectrum of teaching um, is pretty high level. Yeah. You and know? for me, it turns out that that is, those nights are really important because you're not really teaching you know, it's not a classroom setting, and there's a lot of times when they're not playing, so yes. you can get, kind of hang around and be goofy with the kids, and so then they see you at a, I see them at a different level, they see me at a different level. Yeah. It's, you know, that's what I think the high school experience with band directors and students is so much, uh, it's so enriching, because mm -hmm. you spend a lot of time not playing and not teaching, mm -hmm. you just get to hang out and yeah. talk to kids, and that's, that's what, I think that's why we've all done this for as long as yeah. we have. You think that's what keeps the kids coming back to Pep Band? I think so. Well, I mean, it's all a social event. It's first and foremost social. Sure. I'm just wondering because I'm sure we might have some other educators listening and you could replace pep band with, you know, academic Super Bowl or some yeah. other sort yeah. of after school yeah. thing. So for other educators, what's the what's the pull with getting kids to stick around for something like that? I, I think may, first of all, when we made that, when we did the IMEA state convention thing, we made a video and there's a girl on there. That's just literally like we, we made like a, a video montage of what we do at a game. And during that third quarter break that Steve was talking about, uh, there's a girl named Katie Foy. She was like, I don't know anything about basketball, <laughs> but this is a lot of fun. And so I think it's mainly they don't really they just yeah. want to hang out with each other and, and have some fun. And the common connection is the is band. Right. And that's that true. Just happens yeah, those to be Spoiler alert to the basketball fans <laughs> listening. It's not about the basketball. Yeah, some right. kids might not know there's a game going on. Yeah, they just like right, think it's yeah. a gym concert. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Sometimes I have to remind the kids to watch the game because they're having so much fun right, with each other, which is fine. That's normal kid stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. It's turned out to be, I never intended it, but when I stand at the floor at the closing ceremony when I retire, that's probably going to be the biggest conversation is the pet band. <laughs> Never thought that would have been Never, there, never dreamed right, right. that that was going to be the thing, but I guess yeah. it is. So, yeah, but it's been a fun ride. That's good. You know, the other thing that I think Brian has contributed um, is the massive beginning band that yes. we have. And, and Brian spends <laughs> probably the entire month of April um, <laughs> not really in the building at the high school or yeah. the junior high, but hanging out at our intermediate school with grades five, six, and our beginning program starts in grade six. So Brian is at the intermediate building with fifth graders constantly getting them to sign up for band. And you know, our, our numbers every year are just astounding right. with what, with right. what we can do. And that's like, that's the Brian golden show, getting yeah, those yeah. kids coming in and right. playing and, I mean, maybe you could talk a little bit about that okay. process and how, how you reach out to those uh, 11-year-olds and say, come to the dark side. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the truth is I think about it all the time. I think for a program like this, you always have to be thinking about how you can attract more people into it because still in the end, not many, a lot of people don't really know about band and what you can get from it. There's still mm -hmm. a lot of parents that maybe went to a, a different school that didn't have a strong band program and they are there's no way they're going to have their kid be in it and so you have to kind of be out there and sell sell your program and then let them know that it's not what you think it is it's it's something more fun it's something more more enriching those kind of things so i actually i start scheduling and figuring out the tour as early as january um, in the springtime we take kids and visit all the elementary schools so i start coordinating that in january and i start kind of plotting out this video that i make um, starting probably in February and then after our March concert at the beginning of the March concert um, we start I get the kids involved in make, helping make the video and then I edit it all together and make posters and make little mini videos for them to play at see, at the intermediate school um, just anything I do and then I appear there and I think one of the things that helps is when I'm not in the classroom talking to kids I, it's usually their lunch or recess and so then I go out there and then that whole they don't, I'm not just talking about band, I'm just hanging out with them through that whole process. So you just try to make everything be as big as a big a deal as possible. Like, how right. would you not do this? Like, my stickers usually say, not will you play, it's what are you going to play? What are you going to play? Right. What are you going to play? Right. Like, there's something out there for you. So, what's it going to be? Not if you're going to do it, you're, this is what you're going to do. So, Brian, Brian goes out to the, the fifth and sixth grade classes, mainly the fifth, and mm -hmm shows the instruments yeah previews what the band is all about yeah. then you also have your sixth grade current students that maybe help out yes with that. yeah yeah we bring in i i think and you guys know this that most teachers know this, the more you can get other kids in on it yeah um the more uh, younger kids get excited about it because they can relate to them to, and, uh, and i've noticed the older we get you need more of that because i'm getting to the age now it's harder it's, to relate to a lot it's harder it's harder, <laughs> it's harder to relate to them or i have kids that are their same age so it's a different right relationship than when you're like in your 20s or 30s and so it's, it's nice to have kids um in there and that, so they can relate to those kids and so that helps but it's always a constant process like you know we during covid we had i had to adapt to how to recruit when you couldn't actually physically see people mm -hmm. or even get instruments in their hands and somehow we still 
managed to come through that okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm even noticing lately, I'm, we're going to have to evolve again on yep. how to keep promoting it. Right. Um, because there's a lot of things that are distracting kids. There's a lot of other right. activities that they can choose from. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and just a, like an insider view, like um, Brian was communicating with myself and some other teachers about what what are we doing like this fall mm-hmm. in the winter and the spring to make sure that we have a presence to the younger students. Right. So it's like it is on his mind a lot and <laughs> hopefully in a healthy way. Sometimes not. But sometimes not. Um, but it is something out of um, um, a desire to have excellence at all everything he's doing. But it's like, you know, trying to chew on these things to get it to work better. Yeah. You know, yeah. not just like panic at the last minute, but like play long ball, too. Right. Right, and that's, yeah, and you just constantly have to keep evolving and working on it, and the trick for me is to not panic about it, not upset, this is this is a long ball, this is a marathon, and, and as long as you're working on it slow, a little bit at a time, then you don't have to panic when it actually comes down to the deadlines. Yeah, very good. And so, that's why I'm trying to stay on right. top of things with it, because, you know, Concord has been really lucky, the community is very supportive of us, um, but the community is also changing, mm-hmm. and it's no longer given that we have generations of kids that are in band from from a single family yes. like that when we first got here we would know families for 10 or 15 years because the kids are going through it right and that doesn't happen as much anymore so i think it's in our best interest to always keep promoting and keep teaching what we offer right yeah yes so can you um you know b- the, the beginning band director, if you're um, you're one of those few people in the school system, maybe the only, or along with the orchestra, mm-hmm. right, where you have the opportunity to see students for seven years if they choose to be within band for right. seven years. Right. That's half of their public school life. Correct. Your presence. Now, you know, you, you your specialty is with the brass, and there's a person that works with the woodwinds and a person that works with the percussion, but you're the wrangler of all the kids together. So you get to see those students. Correct. And that must be a pretty great thing that, you know, these the eighth graders are coming over to the high school and then you meet them in high school band and you're like, hi, I'm Mr. Golden. I've known you for three years, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. And then you get to start like chapter two with them or chapter yeah. three yeah. As, a, as a high school director. And that must be pretty gratifying it, it to is. have that history with them. I, it is. When you, when you do step back and think about it, it's pretty amazing. But sometimes you get kind of lost in the woods and you don't really realize that you're around them for seven years. You know, when you pull back, you know, you're like, oh, wow, that was a, that was a cool run. But when, when you think about it, you know, the conversations that you have with them as a sixth grader is vastly different than you have with them as seniors in high school. Right. If you're lucky enough to have them go through the whole program. Right. And, and you know, you kind of grow up together, you know. And so it, that's why I feel very fortunate with what we do is because we do get to see them for more than one year. Yes, you know, I think that regular classroom teachers should be sainted if they make that connection. I do too. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. We, we do talk about on on this podcast. We do talk about like a reverence for grade school teachers, oh, especially yeah. primary teachers, K one two. Yeah, that are just like in the weeds and like make that dynamic contact for one year. Right. You know. Right. And um and like and they have something that like lasts. And so like if we don't get to connect with them for one year then we get another shot right and then as high school directors we get four years you get seven right but um um and but also it's probably the reality of it is too like you 
you you're continuing to evolve. You can't tell them the same thing, everything that you told them in sixth grade. Oh no, no. That your message is like continuing to mature, just like they are. Right. So you have to give them bigger things to chew on. Right. And one of the things at the younger level that I'm, especially this year, focusing on is practicing how to practice and focusing a lot on just like the procedures of how to, you know not only teach the music, but how are we functioning as a group? Like what's the what's the most effective way to when you're in a room with 100 plus people in there, that's different than a room with 15 people or 20 people. And so how, you have to practice how you do that. You have to practice how you come into a room and you have to, you know, how to sit, how to be patient. You know, I'm noticing kids are less and less patient to mm -hmm. let us do stuff. And that's kind of the world we all live in. Like everything's supposed to be instantaneous. Mm -hmm. And so this year I've shifted more to that. I mean, the music is, music again, that's just a, that's just a tool for uh, some, we're teaching something bigger than just a, a band tune. We're teaching something bigger than a major chord. Mm -hmm. We're teaching how to work with others. And I think it's that's getting to be more and more of a challenge because we're, not to get too serious, we're living in a more and more isolated world. Right. And so this is a great opportunity for people to remember how to work together. To be community. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and what a gift to give to the kids, right. you know, especially as they go on and junior high and high school like with whatever extracurriculars they choose to do mm -hmm. I mean I'm sure you're preparing those kids to be more functional in a sport or in a club than they were yeah. or in a job right yeah yeah and it, it is very cool and sometimes they don't realize it um, on Facebook there was a, a, a former student she now just graduated from Purdue she flashed a picture of her in high school standing with her trumpet at full attention and she remarked at how proud she is of that person and mm -hmm. she didn't realize it at the time, but looking back on it, how proud oh. she is of that person that she became through band. So that was very cool that's to very see cool. those moments. So yeah, it's fun to watch them go from sixth grade to senior in high school if well, you make it that. Well, far. and I think they appreciate you going from like Mr. Golden from sixth grade and Mr. Golden in their senior year, right. and and they they kind of say that you you're the same person because I've heard them talk about this before. It's like you're the same person, but they see you in such a different light, and they can appreciate so much more of what you had to offer in sixth grade when they couldn't see it, and then how you kind of adapted with them throughout the seven years. Right. For me, the part I struggle with at the sixth and seventh and eighth grade because of the Concord schedule is they do just come into a classroom and then they do just leave, and because I come to the high school in the afternoon. I really only see them during that class period. Mm -hmm. And so as opposed to high school where we see them after school, after right. hours and we hang out and we have those conversations. Right. I still I still personally struggle with how do I do that with the younger with kids. The younger yeah. kids. Cuz that's when you make the real connection, but when you only have 45 minutes or yeah. so, sure. You have and to And you're not doing the the weekend competitions with the band, right. and, you know, right. like high school kind of lends itself the the pep band after school hours the jazz band after school, the marching band after school, right? Right. right. These shows that we do. Right. Um, those are lenses. So that's a tricky do. balance cuz sure. you you know, I think my my spiel is that personal connection and that's a lot. That's a it's not impossible, but it's a more of a challenge at the sure. younger ages just yeah. because of the time. Well, yeah. and you've been intentional about that. I know you've taken trips with your 8th graders mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. you've done some things with 7th grade and of course, you know, your beginners, you do your all your stuff in the spring and I mean those makes that makes a right. difference. Right. Right. And even that tour, the, the elementary tour that we go on in the spring, just that one day, because we spend a whole day together, the conversations change and the relationship, I can even notice it After the following day. Monday is already different because they've now seen me not standing in front of them and they've seen me moving chairs or just talking to them or say, hey, having lunch with them that one time. And it already changes. So right. 
you can look for those moments as a teacher that's yeah. that's when it happens yeah it's it's interesting you know we've we've been talking a while here and we've talked a lot about student relationships and we've talked about your approach to teaching kind of like in the philosophical yeah. way um, and we haven't really talked about that much about content besides the the soft skills like yeah. the team members mm -hmm. and punctuality and tenacity and those words that you used um, but you're obviously a, um, a well-trained musician and you're you like quality music yes and you have a tradition of that and can you think of a time just kind of like um, going to a different side of the spectrum like with maybe with the high school concert band um, what has been a um, I'm not gonna say like your best moment because I always think those are like dangerous pretty difficult to talk about but um, a moment that you felt like the music connected you and the students and the performance and you like put something out there that was like bigger than yourself oh that's easy there you go um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it ended up being and I sort of quietly knew this it was the last time I knew my daughter Lauren was gonna be in a band that I was directing and not that I was looking forward to this but it also happened to be the 20th anniversary of Columbine and so there's a tune called uh, American Elegy by Frank Tichelli that you probably shouldn't take to a contest but because it's it's very slow it's beautiful but it's very slow very exposed um, and so if you're if you're going for an emotional performance it's great but if you're going for a technical ismal performance it's sort of a risk and so I, I knew I wanted to do that piece, especially when I saw it was the 20th anniversary of Columbine, it all kind of worked out. And so we spent a lot of time making sure that was played correctly. We listened to it a lot. We did a lot of research on um, the event that happened and the victims and uh, had the offstage trumpets. And uh, it, was a, it was pretty emotional. And actually um, some of our rehearsing moments were probably more emotional than the performance itself because contest kind of changes everything but that was there were lots of tears on some of those run-throughs and uh, um, I, on the day of the performance I made envelopes with little bios of all the victims of Columbine and so every student got one and so they, you know, they played it um, for that person who they happened to have it was wow and they had the letters had the bios on their music stands when they performed Get so goosebumps just thinking about yeah. that. So, so that that's always going to be a uh, highlight is not the correct word, but it's going to be a extremely memorable. memorable oh, moment. I remember that performance. I mean, that was yeah. in McEwen Gym, right? Yeah. I and yeah, yeah. I can remember some of the members in that band. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a gift to be able to tie your um, um, musicality to something you know bigger than yourself to yeah. towards other students' lives and memory. Yeah. And then, and then also like learning to play with a sense of passion, yeah. right? And then yeah. like the music that you're like growing that. Yeah. For me, that's going to be tough to surpass that process in that moment. Uh, that was a band that came together because of that. You know, um, it was a horrific event. Um, and you know, kids are living, these kids are living through this age of yeah. lockdown drills and all those yeah. kinds of things. So yeah. it, it was real to them too. And so it was a quite a special moment. I probably will never do that piece again just because I have such a memory of that. Of probably that hard to duplicate that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just kind of put that to the side. Yeah. That's Let that moment be. Yep. Right, right. Yeah. And then, you know, the added thing is that I knew that was the last time Lauren and I would be in the same group together. So right. I wanted to cherish it. That was the first time. That was one of those times where I made sure I looked around while, this, while it was going on and saw the kids' faces playing. Like, made sure I kind of 
put that in my memory mm. for the thing. So it was a bit, it was it was it was pretty special. Yeah, it's pretty cool to think about that. Like, you know, to think about Brian is you know one teacher, and like he's making those kind of impacts on students and these moments that we have like these little isolated competitions that we do and you know like having this impact and it's like really think fun to think about how many you know the ripples of that like the student that came back and said i'm really proud of that person yeah i remember that you know i'm sure you have students come back like yeah i remember that or thanks for getting on me or thanks Mm -hmm. for giving me a hug or Mm -hmm. you know thanks for sticking with me even though i was being difficult right and you guys have experienced that too sure um, it's it's nice when they finally come back and say, <laughs> "You're right, you're you're right." Say it again. Say it again. Like, and I, I mark the calendar when that happens, but it's still. But I mean, that's kind of what it's all about. And you know, I want to give those I want those kids. Have, I had a lot of goosebump moments when I was growing up in band, there and you so go. Yeah. I, I I'm constantly in pursuit of that. I think that's really for me. That's the ultimate thing. Right. I want I want people to. This is really weird but the the plaques that you hang out in the, in the hallways for all of the contests they have your names engraved on them and again legacy is a big deal for me like at some point i'm going to retire but at some point somebody's going to walk through that hallway and see my name and just go huh, i wonder what that was that was mm-hmm. like that was about you know and just to see that and so that's kind of like my dad is very proud of his colorado trip and uh, um i'm trying to honor a lot of the great teachers that i had both in music and not music yeah. it turns out at the older I get, I realize how good they actually were. Yeah. So, that's me. That's my story. Wow. <laughs> Brian Golden. Brian Golden, an American original. <laughs> One of Elkhart's finest. One of Elkhart's finest. So, well, thanks, Brian. Thank yes, you. Thanks thank for you. having me. For taking your day, uh, part of your fall break day. This is fun. Thanks for waking up. And we, uh, we're getting ready to go in about under an hour, I guess. I don't know. Yep, yep. Under an hour, we have a marching band rehearsal tonight, and so we're going to get a bite to eat, maybe a cup of coffee. And um, so, um, and pair of preview tonight. Pair of preview, well, we have a public true. performance at 8 p.m. Do you want to you get Jack get you something on that? I, I do. Um, the last two weeks, we offered a challenge to our listeners to share if they had a moment that made them go classic, or, you know, I always had a choice. I did have a choice to make a decision. Um, and we had some submissions, and I would like to share one. Um, and this is coming from Grace, who Instagram messaged us. And Grace said she had a classic moment this year when she had to change high schools. And that choice um, that came into play um, when she's talking about always having a choice was when choosing to be in her high school marching band. And she had a lot of second thoughts and worries trying to attempt something so late in her uh, career as a high schooler, being a senior. Um, but she made that choice anyway, and she said that she would not have had it any other way because mm-hmm. she had so many uh, great experiences. And this is something that she says um, she's created so many mer- uh, memories that she will cherish forever. All right. So thank you, Grace, for Thanks, submitting Grace. that. All right. There you go. There you go. Okay, so um, we're about at the end of our time. So um, thank you again for being with us. Um, be sure to follow us on Chops underscore podcast at Instagram and on TikTok. And um, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Right? That's it. So the next time we talk to you will be post-state finals, and we can wrap that up and say hello to that. But again, thank you to Brian Golden. Thank you for having me, Golden.
brother band director here. And so for Steve Peterson. Jack Hinkle. Brian Golden. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Coffee sip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're out of here. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>